The Stiff-Necked People, Thoughts on Parsha Kitisa. Is there a cure for stubbornness? Stubbornness is the inflexibility and determination to hold onto a view or belief such that you fail to hear or accept a different position, even a well-reasoned and rational one. Leaders need to be stubborn to succeed, but too much rigidity can get leaders into trouble. In her Harvard Business Review article, Signs That You're Being Too Stubborn, Muriel Magnan Wilkins expands our definition. And here's what she says. You keep at an idea or plan or insist on making your point even when you know you're wrong. You do something you want to do even if no one else wants to do it. When others present an idea, you tend to point out all the reasons it won't work. You visibly feel anger, frustration, and impatience when others try to persuade you of something you don't agree with. You agree to or commit half-heartedly to others' requests when you know all along that you're going to do something entirely different. Wilkins argues that if you're a stubborn leader, you can hurt yourself and your vision for the future. But in leadership, it's pretty hard to know what separates dogged obstinacy from passionate visionary determination. We don't want leaders to let go of good ideas too soon or not stand up with conviction for what they believe in. Here's how Wilkins parses the issue. Stubbornness, she writes, is the ugly side of perseverance. We find this ugly side in this week's Sedra Kitisa. I see that this is a stiff-necked people. Am Kshe Oref, says God to Moses in Exodus 32, 9. This was not a mere observation of a negative collective disposition. It was in response to the Israelite creation and worship of a golden calf. They were unable to see how wrong they were in betraying God and Moses. God was angry. But how are we to understand God's anger? Rabbi Jonathan Sachs writes, The anger of God, so often expressed in the Hebrew Bible, is actually not anger, but anguish. The anguish of a parent who sees a child do wrong, but knows that he or she may not interfere if the child is ever to grow, to learn, to mature, to change, to become responsible. In this week's Sedra, we are challenged to grow, to learn, to change, and to become responsible but it will take a long time. The expression, a stiff-necked people, will make several more appearances in our Torah reading. Moses went back to the Lord and said, Alas, this people is guilty of a great sin in making for themselves a god of gold. Now, if you will forgive their sin, well and good, but if not, erase me from the record which you have written. And those are verses Exodus 32, verses 31 and 32. Moshe who is tasked with admonishing the people, admits their great wrongdoing, but also shows his fidelity to them. They may be sinners, but they are his sinners and his penitents. A chapter later, we find another appearance of the same expression. God told Moses to name this behavior to the people. And God said to Moses, Say to the Israelite people, You are a stiff-necked people. Am Kshe Oref. If I were to go in your midst for one moment, I would destroy you. Moses was told to give the people language to describe themselves. Rashi cites a verse from Isaiah Yeshayahu that presents God's strategy and an effective management technique in the face of anger. Hide yourself for a short moment until the indignation passes. We read that in Isaiah 26.20. Fury is all-consuming. Wait for a few moments and let the vehemence of the emotion subside. Rashi on Exodus 32.9 explains what it means to be stiff-necked. Quote, they turn their stiff necks away from those who criticize them and refuse to listen. Rashi considers the physical movement implied in the term 
stiff neck and provides us with a visual image of turning away from important counsel. Rabbi Avraham ibn Ezra similarly explains stiff-necked in this context. The Israelites refused to do as God commanded, like a person who runs in a particular direction and does not turn his head back to the one who calls out to him. Sforno adds yet another visual cue by describing this kind of neck as an iron ligament that will not allow them the motion to listen to feedback or to criticism. He adds that this is a stumbling block to tshuva, to repentance. In Proverbs, we're told the cost of repeated stubbornness. One often reproved may become stiff-necked, but he will suddenly be broken beyond repair. When does a stubborn person become broken beyond repair? Wilkins offers her advice. Listen to others instead of automatically shutting them down. Stay open to possibilities, ones that you may not have considered. Admit when you're wrong. A failure of leadership accountability can lead to more mistake-making in the future. Finally, Wilkins advises us to decide what we can live with. As she writes, rather than always pushing for your idea, decision, or plan, recognize when it's okay to go with a decision that you can live with, even if it's not your top choice. It is not until the book of Deuteronomy that a solution to this stubbornness is identified. Circumcise the foreskin of your heart and be stiff-necked no more. We find that in Deuteronomy 10.16, and we find this expression several more times in the same book in 9.6, 9.13, and 31.27. The opposite of the neck here is the heart. Create an opening in the heart, a small space of humility and vulnerability, and the hard iron neck of arrogance will soften. We can dig our heels in, or we can pour our hearts out. It's hard so very hard to admit a mistake. In the short term, it feels like losing. In the long term, however, making that hole in the heart allows the breath and the light in. What's one stubborn belief that has cost you leadership credibility? How will you improve your life and the life of others if you let it go?